0: I in the world bought Eric pin my show. Why don't they roll the tape or something? Roll the tape. Yeah, Got the tape. Let's roll it. Last week at the Coliseum. Waller going at the snowman now. Finally they are barred. Snowman. Once again lunging in on Waller. Waller takes them off his feet. Crowd going wild. They're outside the ring. Close to the area where Waller has three managers with him tonight. Snowman following in right on him. Wailing away. Those big guns going to work on Waller. Waller trying to duck out of it. Snowman winding up, trying to work in there somewhere. Waller's doing a good job of covering up. Now Waller coming back on Snowman. Snowman with a big right. Puts Waller back in the turnbuckle in with some big rights in that turnbuckle as Roller staggering now coming after the snowman all over the top of him kicking him right in the rib cage just drawing back and kicking him with the toe of the boot we're trying to cover up to keep severe damage from being done snowman plumbed him Double axe handle. Waller is down on his knees. No man. Kick to the rib section. Follows up with a knee to the jaw, and Waller in trouble in the corner. No man really working him over now. Waller needing to get up out of that corner, really bad. He's in bad shape. As Ronnie Gossett turning him on. Von Eric coming in trying to break him up. After the snowman really wearing Waller out like downtown Bruno just handed Lawler something. And now Bruno up on the ring apron with the special referee, Gary Von Erich. After downtown Bruno handing Lawler something, would you be fine leaving the ringside area? Look at that! Lawler with that fire just burned the snowman out of nowhere! face. follow with the pin cover. Ron Eric, not wanting to pin the snowman. Ron Eric, not wanting to go down and count. One. Two. Two. That's it. Ron Eric, just finally out the pin cover as a snowman ball fire out of nowhere, and just firing themselves.
1: This is the Pro Wrestling Reflection Podcast, with your host, the professor, Chalbelo Veracruz. Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Wonderful, Tommy Wonder,
0: and I will take the powers of those that have no fear, and the prodigal one, JB, the Queen, the Queen of the Court. Now it's time to go back in time in the time machine. <laughs> the Dream, two, Sweet. the living legend. Yeah Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Be the man. You got to beat the man. at believe it.
2: And why do we call ourselves
0: niggas for life? Cuz if we die, we still gonna be some dead niggas.
1: What is going on there? The Haminites, the Vitoites, all the ice out there, the left, the right, the Dems, the Repubs, the Independites, the Hermaphrodites, the transgenderites, all the ice out there in the world. You know if you got the, the rainbow on your shirt. Happy Pride Month, whatever the case may be, we're united. United we stand, divided we fall, but you know what? Don't give me a pronoun because we're not united on that. I am a he, I am a him. Neither if here nor there. That's a little diatribe. That's the thing again, see, he's rubbing his head for good luck. This means it's going to be a good show. It's going to be a fun show. It's going to be an episodic episode of the PWR Podcast here at the Harmony Media Group at PowerBeam.com. But before we even talk about the episodic episode... I must introduce myself because I am vain like that. I must introduce myself because I need, I need to lose some years. I need to get five, six, seven, eight years younger. I need to get the greys off my face, the greys off my hair, the greys off my pupils, but neither here nor there. I am the most charismatic one. I am the most scholarly one. I am the most stupendous one, but most importantly, I am the most glorious one. The only objective man in this IWC, YWC, PwC punditry. The only objective man in this political spectrum. The only objective man in the social media realm. You're a friend of mine, the professor Chabelle Cruz, And I'm not here alone. No, 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 no. I am here with the man, JB. No, he's not here. He's never here. God damn, he hasn't been here for a year. I don't know where the hell he is. But he didn't hear none no. But I'm here with my brother. Brother, mother, mother. I am here with the most, the sexiest, the sexiest doctor. The sexiest man with the sexiest scar. The sexiest Dr. Frankenstein. He is Mr. Wonderful. He is Dumb Dumb Duel and own. He is the Iron Stomach One. Yeah. Tommy Wonder, how you doing, my friend?
2: I'm doing good. I think I wore the same shirt last time we did this show. Did no. I wear a different Cody.
1: No, way. you have, you gotta lie. You gotta say you got two of them. You got you got two or three of these same shirts. I got lots of Cody stuff. But you know what else I have? What do you have? Is it that time?
0: It that time. is that time! It is reflection lights. Presents for, Ray. You know what? for it, Big Ray. It
1: is, it is Big Ray's favorite segment. It's Pastor Travis Volks favorite segment. It is Josh Floberg's favorite segment. It's when T.W. himself opens the pro wrestling crates and gets pissed
2: off that there is no Adam Cole shirt. There it's is either no my Adam. favorite segment or it's my worst segment, depending on what's in this box. I'm not going to read the, card. You guys it's read the their, card. It's their favorite oh, segment. It's already off to a good start. Oh, here we go. It's a hit uh,
0: or miss. What a
1: rush.
2: Legion of Doom
1: Road Warriors t shirt. Not a bad shirt. Not a
3: bad way to start.
2: Did I say Legion of Doom? That is badass. That's AWA Road Warriors, man. Uh-huh. That's, that's sweet. I like but, I'll be wearing that but, shirt. But, but
3: but, there's a misnomer if it's an AWA picture, but why they have the WWE tag team name? It should be the
2: Legion of Doom Road Warriors. Right. Look at this. I don't... Oh, I was excited, but I realized it wasn't him. Oh, this is going to be a good box. Another shirt, this is a great.
1: It says, that's actually
2: pretty nice, man. It's got Claudio Castagnoli, a.k.a. Cesaro. Swiss made 1980. Wow, he's only seven years younger than me. Um, That's a good shirt. It's in his bland-ass color, too, like his personality. This is the best part of the box. Oh, that, the mouse. That fucking sticker was him, because I don't, uh-oh. Oh, uh, tag team edition. That means one socks one guy, one socks the other.
3: Super
2: what are they is it? El Pentagon or Pentagon? Penta- oh, oh Pentagon. Oh, the Lucha Bros. Lucha Brothers.
3: Oh man. What you got Phoenix and Pentagon? What's I like that?
2: these guys, and then I got a scissor pin. I was what? hoping they I would like them to be the sock. I thought this was Adam Cole. Who is that? Oh, Seth?
3: Matt Seidel. Oh, Matt Se- Damn, that looked like Seth Rollins. So that's, that's actually a. And I, that's it's awesome never going to
2: be Seth Rollins because it, it's got to be guys that aren't in the WWE.
3: No, that's it's- what I thought. I, I thought Seth Rollins could sue them. I'm like, I'm, he, he needs to get paid.
2: Nice. They had to get this one in before it was gone. William Regal. Nice. Yeah, that's good. These are all autographed and uh, certificate of authentication or whatever. Mm-hmm. Authentication. That's a good box, man. I won't probably everywhere the socks. One day I'm gonna get a thing to put the pins on.
3: So so the only comic
2: book in there. So the only nitpick, and you
3: wish it would have been the acclaimed socks. So you have scisome socks on your feet. Right.
2: Right. Uh, Yeah. But they'd be pink and black. Right. Hey, it even says what a rush. All right, let's see. Yeah, there was two chase the chance of the chase lucha bros. That's the socks. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, 100 Chase variants included. How would you know it's Chase? Mine might be a Chase, man. There was a sticker on that motherfucker. I didn't pay attention. I didn't know those canes.
3: Well, you was happy with the shirts. You was happy with the socks. So, you know, this one felt like a, you know, this one felt like a B minus.
2: Maybe even an A minus. I don't know. I like Matt Seidel. What was his name in WWE? Evan Bourne. Evan Bourne. I like Evan Bourne. Airborne. Evan Airborne. Mm -hmm. I like the Airborne uh, micro-brawlers. I showed you my sting and my Adam Cole I finally got, right? Uh Uh-huh. It's awesome that John Moxley was the... uh, The sticker. The sticker, because I don't give a shit about the stickers. And then next month, Jeff Hardy, FTR again, Will Ospreay, Sheeta. That better not be no fucking shirt. Hayabasa, Chavo Mm -hmm. Guerrero. I hope that's the... I hope he's the... Uh... Ooh, what if FTR is the Brawlers? There's two of them. It could and be. Then...
3: Who knows? Oh, no, no. FTR would probably be the socks. Yeah. You know? Cash and Wheeler. That, that'd be, you know, goes right along the legs. Cash on one side, a Wheeler on the other. Or, you know. Yeah. Yep. So like so Cash you know. and Dax. Cash and Dash. Axe and Smash. <coughs> Nurse? So, <laughs> I, I guess you could say out of a scale of <coughs> 1 to 10, you, this was an 8. Yeah.
2: That was okay. to, It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. All right. So
3: we got that out of the way. T.W. is very happy. Now he's happy. He eats. It. He's eating a salad while we we're recording live for the Reflection Heights. But neither here nor there. Because you know how T.W. does these things. As long as it's a quiet food, I ain't going to matter. But if you chop that shit, I'm going to really get mad. But the- I ain't going to matter. <laughs> okay. You, just, just remember that, you know, if Reflection Night stuff ride or die with me, you know, I've always had issues with TW with the wrappers and the candies and all the, the chewing stuff, but this is quiet. It's okay with me. I can give, give him a pass on that. But anyway, let's get into episode 170, TW. We made it to 170, 30 more episodic episodes until we hit the elusive 200, even though technically we're over 200 with all the episodes we've done. But, you know, episodically. Oh, no, we do them a week.
2: Why the fuck did I think we hit them a month? We did one month. I thought we did one a month. That's why I was about to say well, it was going to be three years well, before we hit 200.
3: Sometimes we do episodics once a month because we have so many themed shows. We have what
2: ifs. we have, we you know, we have the greatest rivalries. We have spotlights no, no, no. and all that stuff. I'm saying we do a show every week and I was thinking oh. we did it once a month. And as I say, 30 is going to take three years. Yeah, to it hit could. 200. It, no, who knows? thirty but weeks. Well, hopefully, Early but you twenty, twenty-four. I'm
3: very, I'm very obsessive, and that's my obsessive compulsive disorder. Here, I'm trying to get to two hundred for a reason. So you know, you know what? Neither here nor there. But of course, we'll still have the themes reflection. Just don't worry about that. But. This, this is episode 170. We are going back to June of 19, Naughty TW. And we're going back to the Mid-South Territory. We are going back to the USWA run by Jerry the King Lawler and all that stuff.
1: <coughs> and That's- you
3: know what? I'll say this, Reflectionites. This episode is very, like, we're going to focus on just one main thing. Because everything in this episode is kind of like minute. And the reason I picked this episode, T.W., is because we always talk about things, you know, the, 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 the terms in wrestling, right, work shoots and all that stuff, blurring the lines of reality, blurring the lines of, you know, is this real or is this scripted and all that stuff. And no, no segment could can unequivocally be denied this one here in 1990, T.W., Jerry Lawler, Eddie Marlin and the Jarrett's were trying to blur the lines of reality. We're trying to create, you know, controversy creates cash, as Eric Bischoff says. But I think it came at a price. But we're going to talk about this a little bit deeper reflection. Again, we're going to focus on this because you know how the, re- the professor is all about the unity. But he also has to call out the racism. He also has to call out what has, what has happened in the southern wrestling territories, like I've always said. And the southern wrestling territories, the promoters, they didn't, they, they didn't like the black wrestlers to a degree. Some did. Some promoted them to the moon like JYD. Some of them promoted them to, to, to stardom. And I don't know about superstardom, but, you know, you had your Iceman King Parsons. You had your Brickhouse Browns. You had your Reggie B. Fines. But this episode here, at TW, we're going to focus on the USWA title, you know, feud, if you will. Between Jerry, the King Lawler and a man, (coughs) excuse me, a a journeyman, an African-American wrestler journeyman who goes by the name of Snowman, the Snowman. His name is Eddie Crawford. He went by a bunch of other Mm -hmm. names. T.W., if I remember, he was called Dr. Detroit. He was called the killer in one of the other places. But when he went down to USWA in early 1990, T.W., he came, I don't know if this was because Jerry Lawler you know, told him to do this, but at first, when you're in the Memphis studios, we have to call a spade a spade. It's, it's racist. In, yes, of course we have to. But anyway, almost about 90% of the studio audience in Memphis before the snowman came was relatively white. Ten percent, maybe African-American or let's just say people of color. Uh, You can't you can't deny the Hispanic influence reflection. I I can't deny that. So I'm going to give it a 90 percent to 10 percent ratio in the Memphis Studios TW. But the snowman did his job. He created a buzz in the Memphis territory to a degree. But. Let me ask you this, T.W., we don't have to talk about what he said right now. We don't have to talk about anything. Well, let's just try to, like, polarize this as, as best as we can with knowing what we know about the history of wrestling, knowing what we know about the history of, of you know, <coughs> prejudice, stereotypes, and all that stuff. Was this a miscalculation on Jerry the King Lawless' part? Was this a miscalculation on Jerry Jarrett's part to actually try to fuse, like, racial tensions between Black uh, fans, white fans to do this kind of angle in 1990 this is this is before rodney king so we can't say about that this is this is way before oj simpson the trial so i would understand they did this after rodney king or maybe after oj simpson to kind of like fuel that stuff because new jack from ecw purposes he did he was beautiful at that he he infused that you know blurring the lines of reality with his promos But this is way before that. So what's say UTW. Was this a miscalculation on Lawless part to try to do the racial tension, to try to create a a rift between white and black fans in that studio?
2: I don't know they wanted the fans. I I think he thought in 1990, naughty, everyone would side with the black guy. I don't think he would have thought white people would have sided with him and black people sided with the black guy. The biggest problem here is, by the way, the snowman, by the way, when I heard snowman, I thought it was going to be a white dude. Uh, that was me, uh-huh. to Tony Khan. But, anyways, side note. <clears throat> um, no offense to him, but I'm stunned to learn that he passed away like within a year or two ago at 75 years old. There's no way I'm looking at that dude in 1990 and thinking he's making it to 75. Just, you know, jacked to the gills on the gas. Uh-huh. Um, anyways, I think where the miscalculation was so, me watching it, I'd never seen this guy before. And then when the old man must have been Eddie Jarrett or whoever the hell the other the old man came Eddie, Eddie Marlin, the supposed Eddie Marlin. GM. Mm-hmm. The problem was the dude was horrible. So, like I was like, who's the fucking bad guy here? Like, because like he's like, you told me to go steal a cap, and he did. <laughs> I'm like, what? And he goes, you want some watermelon? So I brought it for you. And I'm like, okay, this is weird. Now, now, right? So I'm like, there's no way Lawler said these things. But then Lawler says later on, uh, you only come in here if you had a get, and you probably do, whatever. So I'm like, okay. So it's definitely Lawler doing the stereotyping or whatever. Uh, but the guy was so bad. All I kept thinking is when I tell a professor that today, I was today years old when I saw the snowman for the first time, his nickname forevermore will be the guy that made Ahmed Johnson look good. Because he. <laughs> I thought of two things. Ahmed Johnson, Uh because he was kind of that type of character. And Rick Martell on that promo, we always make fun of. Because I'm like, this is worse than both. It, Uh It is so, so bad that I think Eddie Marlin came out to just wrap it up. Like, he was like, okay, let's take it home. Because he was just horrible. And then he just stayed and just kept mumbling and rambling. you're just like... I honestly didn't know who the bad guy was. And then uh, apparently... Car-
3: hold, hold on. Hold your thought. I will try to answer that question. Oh, well, I know who the bad guy was. It was Lawler. No, no, no. No, no. Well, you have to remember this, T.W., because Lawler sometimes starts good and then infuses it and then kind of drifts into the being the heel. At first, before the snowman even came into fruition in 1990... He was the good guy. He was fighting, you know, the, the managers, Ronnie P. Gossett's boys, and all that stuff. He was fighting like Bill Dundee, but he was, quote, quote unquote, the tweener good. When Snowman came and aired out the grievances of the hiring practices of the USWA and all that stuff and black power and all the culture, Lawler tried to infuse, like, not, tr- he was trying to like put those stereotypical jabs. But he was also trying to say you're you Snowman are lazy. You are dumb. You are right. every you're all this. He was trying to right. focus on him. Right. But then what Snowman? I don't know if he tried. I don't know. Like I said, maybe like I said, it's a miscalculation. But also this was a good. This was a perfect calculation on Jerry Lawless' part. He knew the emotions of the African American crowd would get behind the Snowman. And you're all right. Snowman is piss poor in the ring. Reflection ice. Snowman is piss poor on the mic. He can't talk for shit. He makes, he makes Ahmed Johnson speak like MJF. That's how bad he is. <laughs> but Snowman had the African-American crowd behind him because they kept saying, get the buck, get the buck. And because of the Snowman, there was a shift in attendance with the black audience in that arena. Now, I can say this. I'll say this, T.W., and of course, we know this in wrestling, plants. Of course, Snowman probably had like two, three, or four of his boys starting out in the crowd for himself. Right. But when you see this on Memphis television, and of course, at that time, Memphis wrestling on Saturday mornings or Saturday nights, I forget where it was. It was a top 10 rated show for the Memphis territory. So you see Snowman there, you got the culture, you got the Africa, you got Wakanda Forever, you got people wanting to come down to the studio. So eventually it was And it was free. It was organic that Snowman would gain popularity on that, so Jerry Lawler might might have had to pivot to be a little bit more. I don't want to say racist, but you know, more stereotypical, more blatantly the uh, blatantly the heel. Right. he had to blatantly become the heel out of out of necessity.
2: That's the way I. So go ahead. The, the true the true test would be. The show at the Omni. this is why I thought you picked it, because the show they were building up to on Monday night was called Night of Champions. And I'm like, oh, he's doing it because it's Night of Champions. But uh, that was the last pay-per-view, wasn't it? Yes. Um, so, like, literally, there's a commercial that says, if you want tickets to the studio, send a self-addressed stamped envelope. They'll throw them in there and send them to you so you got tickets. So if these people are coming for free, I think if Lawler did at some point become the blatant heel it's because they were drawn like the the, the black people actually come to, the, to the, the omni whatever the hell they called the omni down there uh, i think they call it the spectrum or no something? it was the coliseum coliseum um so people must have been coming and they saw the difference and like, oh shit this guy's gonna be the baby face but i it's risky to do that maybe not so much in 1990 because oh. if you remember in 1990 that's when fox first started coming around 88 started getting popular in 90 and you uh-huh. had shit like Al Bundy, you had shit like Tracy Ullman show, um and Martin, and all, stuff. Martin
3: yeah. and all that. And Martin probably, was in 90, Martin was in 92, but I get what you're going. Tracy said, Ullman, The Simpsons, they, Mary They, they pushed the envelope on yeah. show
2: on Fox versus gotcha. the other shows. So mm-hmm. I I think that but and and maybe they thought they were harmless stereotypes, but, but by the way, my favorite stereotype joke ever is the Black Guy going I don't get it, man. They Why, why is it saying we like fried chicken and watermelon insult? He goes, I like fried chicken. I like watermelon. What's the problem? And I was like, uh-huh. I'm like, everybody says shit, but it's intention. If someone's saying it to you in a shitty way, it's because they're trying to be an asshole. It really doesn't matter what they say, they're an asshole. So maybe he uh-huh. thought it was harmless there. But I found out, I think Lawler and maybe Carrie I, Lawler and someone else trained him. That that's who trained him. So he probably snowman. Felt,
3: snowman was trained by Jerry the King Lawler. So in the he early, probably felt uh, 80s, close enough
2: a friendship oh. to say, "Hey man, let's do this and don't hold back. Let it go." Mm-hmm. Because Snowman shit almost sounded like a shoot. The stuff mm-hmm. he was saying. Because the thing that confused me was Jerry Lawler versus him in that one match. First of all, like a fucking box. It was so weird, like the Montreal screw job in the end. But the uh, the special guest referee was Carrie Von Eric, who was supposed to be Snowman's friend. And then when he lost, and you can see Kerry didn't want to count it, he said, oh, Kerry, turn to me. So then he said when Leon Spinks was going to be the referee for Monday night, you see his skin? He's got that year-round tan. He ain't got to go to that. Do you think he's going to be pulling for you guys? Or you think he going to be pulling for me? Which is implying that Kerry screwed him over, right? So you're just kind of uh-huh. like, what the fuck? Like, how the hell is he going to be from being your best friend to the guy that screwed you over when he didn't even want to count the three and he had no choice? But it was, it was ugly, man. Ugly. Uh, again, well, you know what?
3: Since you talked about it, let's talk about the match they had <clears throat> at the Mid South Coliseum. Uh, Reflectionites with Kerry Von Eric as the special guest referee, and Jerry Lawler had Ronnie P. Gossett as a as a cornerman. He had Downtown Bruno or Harvey Wilperman as a cornerman. He had like he had an entourage, so he definitely wanted to be the heel in this match, and Snowman had to c- overcome. So much white adversity, TW. That, that's one thing I'll say. But the match was horrible <laughs> because the snowman. I don't know. Did he lose all his thought process of training? Did he lose all the fundamentals? Because, or was he told by Jared Lawler? Because again, we have to remember this reflection. I said, and I have to go a little mm. bit back, TW. And you'll know where I'm going with this. You know, Jared the King Lawler and Andy Kaufman really plotted. To do what they did on Mid South Television, really plotted to do what they did to create a buzz on David Letterman. But they worked in a cohesive as a cohesive unit. But it looked beautiful. Even that Andy Kaufman could not wrestle for a lick of shit. He knew how to take a. <laughs> he knew how to take a bump. He knew how to be the quintessential heel. He knew how to do all the things that a heel does. But what in God's name what in Guys Named T.W. did Lawler and Snowman, you know, talk together? Because, again, like you said, did they blur the lines too much or was it so scripted that it looks so fake and phony? Because <clears throat> Snowman just looked like, OK, this this is this is supposed to look real. So let me, I ain't going to do a headlock. I'm not going to gonna do an arm drag. I'm not going to do, uh, you know, takedowns and arm bars and leg, leg crosses. He just said, I'm going to punch the shit out of you and see where it goes. And Jared and Lawler. Fought the same way. He fought defensively. He fought like it was they went off the script so much. So what's Autw about that? Because was that the the, is that what the plan was all along to look like that?
2: It just was a mess, man. It was I I I just it's like there's a couple guys on the show that I never heard of before. And then I looked them up, both of them, because I'm like, why have I never heard of these guys? Well, Uh the more they showed him the the worse he got, and it was just, but it's, it, I just think he picked the wrong guy. There had to be someone better there to pick, but again, everyone's looking for the next Hogan. They're looking for the next Cena. They're looking for the next warrior. This dude had a look, man, so much so that that first match, when someone went, uh, the guy went running to the back after he lost, cause the guy beat okay. him up after he won, when he uh-huh. went by, I saw him in the audience and I went, damn, that's a big motherfucker. Like, like, who's that? And then the uh-huh. next segment when they came back, they go, he's here in studio in the audience. And they said his name and he was there. So he had the it factor of the look. He just couldn't deliver. It's uh-huh. it's my favorite wrestling uh-huh. thing I've ever heard. Irish Bobby Clancy. This guy comes to the ring and he looks fucking awesome. This BCW show, he comes out and I go to Bobby, I go, who the hell's this guy? He's like, just watch. And then he gets in the ring, he goes, that guy looks like a million bucks, and then the bell rings. And the guy was god-awful. And that's what this guy is. And they gave him too much too soon. It's
3: funny you say he looks like a million bucks, which I agree, you know, 100%. But, like you said, he looks like a million bucks, but wait till the bell rings? Well, he looks like a million bucks, uh, Reflection Ice, but the snowman speaks. And then it went down to like 500,000. Then he looks like five hundred thousand, but then he gets in the ring, bankrupt. And he's bankrupt. There you go.
2: It's crypto. It's bankrupt. It's so it's bad. Inflation. Man. It is so bad. And maybe they added so many people to try mm-hmm. to cover it, thinking they'd have them. Someone could be there to lead him in every angle, and he just wasn't leadable.
3: I'll I'll say this, TW. Maybe you want to agree, disagree? Again, I'm going to try to go from it from the from the Booker standpoint because Jerry Lawler. I don't want to, you know. Again, when people always go with their emotions, TW, I I don't want to say I don't want to say this. I'm not saying that Jerry Lawler is racist. No way. But Jerry Jerry Lawler went into the stereotypical formula for 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 degree. You could look at it in 1990 purposes, TW. That there was a plethora. I'm not well, that that word is wrong. Plethora means <laughs> there's so much. There was enough black wrestlers he could have cherry-picked to do this angle. Junkyard right. Dog comes to mind. He was still alive. Butch Reed was still alive. And of course, the funny thing is that he did angles with them later on in 92 and 93 and all that stuff. So, But with this particular purposeful segment, I guess he understood that Junkyard Dog couldn't talk about racism because it didn't fit his character. Butch Reed could have. Right. Butch Reed could have went with this, the racism thing. You we, you talked about uh, Reggie B5. You talked about Brickhouse Braun. They could have done the racism angle. Iceman King Parsons could have done the racism angle. And Iceman can talk. He can talk. He can, and he can, wrestle. And wrestle. Sounds like a million bucks. So what's the ETW? Was, was it maybe the economics? Maybe Snowman came on the cheap and you couldn't afford to pay these Close. other black wrestlers with, with names. What's the Close.
2: Eight? Okay. It's right up there with the promoter putting the belt on his kid. He can control snowman because snowman Mm -hmm. ain't shit so snowman tries strong on him for more money or no showing him whatever oh oh well all you gotta do is go on TV and say he ran home scared like the little bitch he is right and then start a promo that night with someone new you can't excuse butch reed or jyd not being there it's funny you say the strong arm
3: thing snowman tried the strong arm uswa because there's a story months later he's the champion He pawned the belt. He pawned the USWA belt to a crack house to get drugs. That's the way. And they had to make another belt.
2: Shut the fuck up. I'm not kidding. And he made it to 75?
3: I guess so. I don't know. Well, Of course, that, that was the story that Eddie Marlin and Jerry Lawless said on TV of what Snowman did. So, again, maybe he pawned the belt to a pawn shop. To, you know to trade it for a couple of thousand which is fine or just but, kept it or, or just kept it who knows but there's a story about that but what you just said was funny because he thought maybe because he was having this hot angle well again right. you got to say it was a hot angle for the time in the summer of 1990 he wanted to strong on uswa for more money more television time and more, more dates or, or maybe more uh more percentage of the of the house who knows he wasn't going to get that from Jerry Lawler. He wasn't going to get that from Jerry. Right. Jerry. Whereas so, Butch Reed or JYD would have. Right. And it would, and they were more deserving of that because Snowman was the ultimate journeyman. So, again, right. Reflectionites, this is basically the whole episode we're going to try to talk about. Of course, we're going to talk about the little things that we saw here and there because there were some names that, you know, caught the professor's eyes. There were certain names that probably caught TW's eyes. But, again, let's put a bow on the Snowman-Jerry Lawler thing. Knowing what I told you, TW, about, you know the end result was you know it flopped because I don't know if it flopped because it didn't sell out in the mid south costume. I can't give you the numbers on that, but it flopped because of the end result was Snowman left the territory with the belt and pawned it off to a crack house. So did they get what they wanted out of this, or was
2: it a wasted venture? What say you, TW? Uh, I'd say they got lucky because on one hand, I never heard of this shit until you made me watch this, right? Uh-huh. So they got nothing. But if this would have gotten over, they would have got a bad rep. 1990's not the same as now. Uh-huh. I think you could do that now and get some heat, but you'd get some negative publicity, and we all know no thing, such thing as bad press, right? As long as you don't right. do anything, something like, whoa. I mean, this day, and, and this is a testament to our mind, mo- like the shit going on with Lacey Evans right now. it's It's comical to me, the things that people get mad about. And it's like, imagine doing this angle today. People would be out in front of the studio, but that that's a good thing, right? Like uh-huh. you're putting eyes on the product and you're gonna stop doing it. And as long as in the end, the asshole loses, that's that's so, your own I might yeah. have to dis- I might have to disagree with you. Like
3: for today's purposes, people are boycotting Bud Light because a transgender person is isn't was supposedly endorsing it. So, you know, people think, oh, we're winning the, the, that war. So if you do this, people going to boycott certain things
2: right now. Right. We can't, we can't like. Wrestling is another things- animal, dude. You couldn't do this on fucking baseball. You couldn't yeah. do it. Wrestling is a different animal because it's no different. Dude, how many shows are there on FX that dropped the N-bomb? There's tons of them still. Uh-huh. Like new shit comes out and they do it. And it's because I think we've talked about this before. Cable TV doesn't have to answer to the FCC. The only reason there's not nudity and cussing on 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 cable is because of advertising. But FX has become that gritty station that they just advertise condoms and whiskey, right? They don't yeah. care. They got because, li- cable. Cable has limited filters. I get you what you're going right. With but but, mm-hmm. but they can air it. They're not going to get fined for uh, f bomb. They're not going to get. They'll have to change the rating, you mm-hmm. know. But like I think even The Walking Dead's rating M because of all the death and the the macabre stuff, but but, dude, shows today drop the end bomb But what happens at the end of that episode, or if it's just like Sons of Anarchy, where it's it's they're all calling each other the slur, like whatever the white slur is, they're getting uh-huh. called that cracker, you know, the Mexicans are getting called, whatever they get called, but it, it all goes around. Or the person doing it gets his comeuppance, and that's your uh-huh. out. Your right. out is, as long as, in this case, Lawler loses, and he did, and that guy became champion. All you can say, hey, man, I made him the hero. 20 years ago, he would have been the villain. Now he's a hero. This is progressive. And then people mm-hmm. go, oh, you're right. And then they put their picket down and go back to Cheeto Dick. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, you know what, TW? Since we talk about Jerry the King Lawler, he had a very busy, uh, let's say, episode, episodic episode here because not only did he have his war of words with Eddie Marlin, not only did he have his war of words with the snowman Eddie Crawford but of course he had a match to prove how dominant he is as the USWA unified heavyweight champion but the dude in the ring he went he went up against you know TW like you said like Rick Flair and Hulk Hogan don't wrestle every week on a Saturday because it would be more of a it's a it's more of a privilege for you right. to see them as the top guys Jerry Lawler Jerry Lawler's an anomaly because he was there every week he was there in the studio every week. He's talking. Did he wrestle every week? No. I, I get you that I get there, TW. But he did a lot of physical things almost every week. I would say out of four weeks, he was physical <laughs> half the time, half that month. So with this being said, this is this isn't just another thing to escalate his uh war with snowman. But the guy that was in he was in the ring with, I he looked like Travis Bolts. That's why I just wanted to. <laughs> he looked like <laughs> Travis Boltz. I'm sorry, his bolts. You, you called yourself Rex King in 1990? That is you. I'm sorry. You know who that is, right? Who is that? Timothy Well. Timothy Well? But they, they called him Rex King, I think.
2: It's Rex King and Steve Dowell down there. And when they went to WWE, they were Timothy Well and Stephen Dunn. Well done. Oh, that's, he, that's, he's the dark-haired well one. Yeah, he's the dark-haired oh. guy. Oh, okay. And it's so funny because someone just brought up Sonny to me the other day. Because I guess, was it Candido and Sonny with the dark side of the ring? Yeah. It was those guys that she used to. She'd uh, give me a honka hunkah while Candido was in the shower. She'd be blowing those two dudes in the WWE. In the locker room? No, in Smoky Mountain. Oh. oh God! I thought, you didn't know that. Thought, not I in Smoky I think
3: Smokey it was I, I, well. Ooh. No, no. I, I'll take your word for it. I, yeah. I, I'll take i take your word for it. I'm yeah. just saying. I thought the started in WWE and then progressed in ECW. Oh,
2: no. So what's that word you young people use? Cuck holds or whatever? <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. That was your boy Candido. He's a cuckold. He just didn't know it. She yeah, did it when he know. was sleeping or in the shower.
3: I, you know what? Again, you know, rest in peace to Chris Candido. But you know what? Whatever Tammy S- Lynn Sitch's uh, Punani power she had over him, got you know, God bless her because it, it worked. So neither here nor there. But I guess Timothy Well or Rex King here, T.W. He got his chance to shine against the heavyweight champion, but it was soured by. The snowman coming into the ring. And of course, it's the studio brawl. So what to say to you about snowman and, and Jerry Lawler? Because that, that that little studio brawl session is actually what happened in the Coliseum. So nothing changed there. The, so the, the problem I have here, may, maybe my little nitpicking here is <laughs> if the snowman and Lawler are gonna do the same thing at the studio, what they did at the Coliseum, what what should make me pay 20 bucks to sit front row to see the same shit over and over?
2: when i can get it for free at the at the studio cuz this is the pull apart and then you're actually going to go see them in the actual match this but is time doing... old tradition man i pull know but like they're, that, but they then... doing the
3: same thing
2: yeah, well that's cuz that's that i know you I, T-W,
3: T-W, I know that they, they had they added ambiance with Kerry von Erick as a special guest referee and so this i know this is that before
2: at... he was the texas tornado huh yeah this
3: is 2 months before he he jumped to the wwe
2: i see why he went now why? Dude, them crowds are shit. I get it. You, you do you go where you go, you go where you booked. What you can you do? And that was that was uh Memphis and, and Memphis was the AWA, Memphis and USWA all mixed together, right? That was it. That was the and yeah. then global started running in Texas and they didn't last long. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Give or take like that, but neither
3: here nor there reflects that. I just wanted to give that little nitpick again because the snowman just did the same thing he did in the Coliseum again. When you add the ambiance of Kerry Von Erich as a special guest referee, and you add T.W. the ambiance of former world boxing heavyweight champion Leon Spinks, again, but, but again, that that is that's gonna you know make me pay 20 bucks for Snowman to do the same shit that he did with with Jerry the King Lawler unless Leon Spinks is going to knock out Jerry the King Lawler then I'm not interested in paying 20 bucks that's just my little nitpicking I'm going to ask you this
2: cuz he he the way he did it he either did it cuz he was shooting or I would think if if this was all done well and again I've already said I don't think it was mm-hmm. um, I would think the way they portrayed it Leon Spinks is the one that turned on him he didn't turn on lawler he turned on snowman because no because i probably this would have been the 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 night
3: that he would win the title from jerry lawler so with leon spinks he helped him then he gave it away
2: that that's one more reason why he sucks i guess so because lawler was or carrie's supposed to be his buddy and he lost now Mm -hmm. he got spinks who he thinks is this is my buddies he's brown right Uh Uh which in the wwe these days would mean the brown guys turn it on the brown guy because you go with the least obvious path of resistance right like Uh everyone assumes cody's beating roman and then he doesn't which is the way of the week that's always how it's been right um lex ever since lex fucking cody got lex so i would have thought leon spinks because leon spinks is, is his reputation was a bad boy a loose cannon he wasn't he wasn't known michael spinks was the guy who was the scholar right well, and leon spinks wasn't leon's one of those two laid down to tyson just said eh, fuck this one punch and then he went down and lost. That, yeah, that was michael
3: michael yeah mm-hmm. but michael leon, spinks, leon was, spinks beat uh muhammad ali
2: right but leon spinks i think is the one who had drug problems he had legal problems so him being the loose cannon—that's what I thought they were building towards, and Leon would have cost him the match when he would have thought that was going to be his his saving grace, right? So, uh-huh. but I'm I'm glad it wasn't JYD, and and, and part of me's glad it wasn't um, Iceman because it's always Iceman. I, I liked Iceman as a babyface way better uh-huh. than. Uh, you know, be, 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 yeah, nagging bad guy, right? Uh, when he was with Eddie Gilbert, I think he was in hot stuff for a minute. He turned on uh, Savannah Jack, I think. And he, he teamed with Eddie a couple times in UWF. That's the Iceman I like when he was just like a heel. But mm-hmm. he he did even do the race stuff then because he called basically Savannah Jack. He would call him the house and bomb where, you know, shit like that. So. Uncle Tom reflection. Ice. We'll be nice here. So I'll tell you what. Now that I said this out loud, because because I've had we've had this conversation before about the 80s in wrestling. If those guys, if every time they showed up and then the promoters are the ones making them say that shit, that shit would get old. I, I think I'd be like, look, motherfucker, can uh-huh. I just go out there and be a wrestler? I don't I don't want to go out there and call another black guy this. I don't want to call a white guy that. I just want to go out there and wrestle. So at some point you'd get sick and tired of it. But there were guys like JYD. That's all they did. They went out and wrestled. So you got to think some but of it was some of the gimmick.
3: I, I have to give you kudos because I think you're right. Because I think Snowman was on the cheap to do the watermelon. Snowman was on the cheap to do the chicken and say that you know I'm gonna steal the okay. hubcaps and, yeah. and all that stuff. So you know I think Jer- JYD built a rep to like I'm not doing this. I can all I'm right. gonna blur. I can blur that line of racism, but I'm gonna I ain't gonna do the watermelon gimmick. I think like he Man can he big- can
2: be your victim, but he's not gonna be your vocalist for. he people right. just see what's happening to him. Mm. He don't need you to tell them right. So yeah. you know, I think the clout
3: of j y d, the clout of Iceman King Parsons, butch reed and and Reggie B fine and brickhouse Brown like no nah, we ain't doing that, Jerry.
2: We're past that shit. We're, we're past we're, that we're're we're, we're, we're we're on, on
3: we're on another it. level right to, to to not do this racism. Snowman was never on that level, and <laughs> again, Jerry Lawler was trying as he might. He made him the U.S. The, you know, in the record books, he is a unified heavyweight champion, T.W., whether you like it,
2: whether we like it or not. That's I wonder, Kerry left. He's like, you're putting a belt on this motherfucker? I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, god, Oh, I don't know. <laughs>
3: oh, god. You, you call me all going with that one. But anyway, like I said, reflection Nice Journey, King Lola had a, a busy night here, T.W., because, again, he had issues not only with Snowman. But also he had issues with Eddie Marlin. And there was something going on within this episode, TW. There was the Kings of Jonesboro, Tennessee uh, contest. Last and, Jared, year. and Jared the King Lawler had to make it a point to Eddie Marlin. He had to make it a point to the Memphis studio audience that there's only one king in Tennessee. And you cannot use that you know term that, because it is copyrighted, it's trademarked. Jared the King Lawler has the best lawyer in Memphis. So if you was wondering, T.W., if Jared the King Lawler was tweening to be good or bad, this was full-fledged healdom here at its finest. What say you, T.W., about Jared the King Lawler using something simplistic as this, you know, no-mean-nothing contest that probably didn't even exist in real life. It was just storyline, kayfabe purposes, and Jared the King Lawler had to use that to, you know,
2: expound he- on his heeldom To get heat. hmm I want to say... There was some shit when they did the first King of the Ring. They had to get permission from Jerry Lawler. I well, they, used,
3: they used that angle for him and Bret Hart so this way he could infuse it. Yeah. yeah. Was that, that the very was the first one?
2: Was, no, was the first one
3: yeah. Bret Hart? No, the first one was Carly Wilson. No, no, no. Well, the first King of the Ring was, uh, no, it was called the Wrestling Classic. It wasn't called the King of the Ring. Right. Yeah. So it got it got trademarked King of the Ring in 93 because it was the first pay per view of that tournament. Right. And. But I want to James. say
2: they had to get permission from Lawler because he owned the copyright on King in wrestling. Mm-hmm. Well, but, so King of wrestling. I think that's him protecting his gimmick and letting people know in a, in, a, in a kayfabe way. Like, listen, motherfucker, don't you get no ideas, Vince. Jim Crockett, this is my shit. Don't be trying well, to do it on King. Rocky King.
3: Well, well, Rocky King, you know, you can't, you know, if someone's name is King, you can't, you know. You can't stop them. You can't. You can't. You can't put a cease and desist on the name Rocky King. But neither here nor there. But I thought it was kind of a a funny segment here because again, Reflectionites, you know, they had the they had. This was a long act segment, Reflectionites, for uh, for a fucking show just to talk about this no mean nothing, tor- you know, tournament or whatever. But yeah, again, I'll, I'll say this: I'm not gonna say it was a fake event, TW, because again. Jared, the King Lawler did a lot of things locally in the Memphis area to expound on that on his gimmick. He did charity events. He did softball tournaments. So I would say I'm not I I will retract that. It wasn't a fake
2: event. It was the last show ever at the Jonesboro. Yeah, yeah.
3: I'm I'm just saying I was I'm retracting what I was saying because I was trying to be joking, jokingly for the reflection lights. But Jared, the King Lawler did a lot of charity work and did a lot of events for the Memphis area. That's why, you know, it's Elvis Presley number one, and Jerry the King Lawler, number two in, in terms of Memphis lore, you could say. And maybe like John Morant, number three, but, you know, as long Ooh. as he has the Gaddis, Yeah, well, he's the gun-toting John Morant for the Memphis Grizzlies, but he's number three right now. That's the so. current situation. Yeah, that's the current situation. Yes, sir, but he, right, but again, I'm just saying that the Mount Rushmore's of Memphis uh, lore is Elvis, Jerry the King Lawler, and John Morant right now, but, you know... What, he, he, what about Dolly Parton, man? Isn't Dolly
2: Parton from Kentucky? Dude, great! What the fuck? Dolly, Dollywood is in Memphis. Is it's it? Somewhere. Yeah. I thought it was Kentucky. Maybe it's Nashville. Let me let me let me check the computer database. Well, where is if, Dollywood? It's if it's in I Nashville. It was Memphis. I thought it was just outside of Memphis.
3: Well, while TW checks on that, we're gonna go on to another segment here because it's in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. Yeah, but I don't know how far that is from No no. Once you say Pigeon Forge has nothing to do with Memphis, she's not well, on the
2: Mount Rush for Memphis. Pigeon Forge is supposedly a cool little town. People go there, it's like a very, very big
3: tourist town. That's probably minutes away from Nashville, not minutes away from Memphis. But anyway, TW, let's get into let's get into this episodic episode. You know, there's another thing here. Again, what are they trying to do, TW? They are trying to, you know, pass the torch again. With Jeff Jarrett. Again, right. they're trying to show that he is the man to lead the Memphis in the 90s. But again, of course, you and I have talked about this religiously. We've regurgitated this. That Jared of the King Lawler, I don't know if the fans accepted to pass the torch, or Jared of the King Lawler is just too stubborn and couldn't trust nobody but himself to pass the torch. Even though that Jarrett, that's you know, that that's the name, that's the legacy of Jerry Jarrett to Jeff Jarrett. So why? You know, we have the Robert Palmer Simply Irresistible Music video for Jeff Jarrett, T.W. What, a, what in your humble opinion? What was the, the the resistance from Jerry Lawler? What was the resistance not to give him the torch and let him lead Memphis in the 90s? Fully. Dude. Dude. I know, it's a trust fact. I know he wants no, to be. No, it, no, It's, no, the, it's an no. ego thing. I get that. There but,
2: you go. Lawler in Memphis is... Hogan God. in New York. It's mm-hmm. Flair in Atlanta. It's If you allow them, and he bought the territory, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you allow them the power to stay on top, they're staying on top. He never put the belt on his son, did he? Uh, oh, Brian Christopher?
3: Yeah. Yeah, he, he was a unified champion. Uh, yeah, for like five minutes before he got called
2: up, right? But, but he, was, he was one. I don't know how many times. But I'm saying he didn't carry the company is my point. Lawler was your degree. Mm -hmm. Lawler's deal with WWE was always, I still get to wrestle in Memphis. It was always you're gonna throw some Memphis shit on WWE. Remember when I think Diesel and Kane went down to Memphis and fought Jerry Lawler? I think The Rock went down there and fought somebody uh, down there, and they would show it on Raw, like over the Mm -hmm. weekend, blah, blah, blah. Lawler, and, and I don't fault him for it. There's there's a handful of people who you would say. Are absolute lifers in the wrestling business. Lawler is in that list. Flair is in that list, and Ricky Morton's in that list. (laughs) Ricky Morton's in that. Ricky Morton is in that list because he didn't save his money. I don't mean it like that. Fuck, I'll be on that list, dude. (laughs) What the fuck? So, I'm. I mean, they're gonna have some clout. Ricky Mm -hmm. Morton doesn't have clout anymore, right? So, honky tonk man isn't good. Lawler has. He owns that city, and if he. In his mind, if you ask him today, I hope he's healing up enough to talk. If you ask him today if he would do it all over again and if he could go back and give the torch to Jarrett, would he? He'd tell you no because he's going to tell you the reason he's still relevant today is because he never (laughs) let go of that torch. Hogan will tell you the same thing. Like I was reading something today about Hogan saying – he he skipped a generation and then he passed the torch to the Rock. He passed it to Cena. People are like the fuck you did. Rock was already over by the time you wrestled him, right? Oh. Um, so Hogan never passed the torch. And then I read a quote by Macho Man: If anything good's happened to you in the wrestling business, look around. You'll see Hogan's face because he would come up. Hey man, what you got going down there? You know, like he kept himself in the mix. And again, I don't fault him for it. He never slighted me. The people Uh that should be mad at him are the people he slighted. He's admitted that he held the warrior back, and his line was always, he wasn't the guy. He's probably the reason Sid fucking took off and said, fuck this guy. And Sid left, because Sid would have been the guy. We all know it. He got cheered when he threw Hogan out of the Royal Rumble. That right there alone should tell you this is the guy to put the the wagon on, right? Sid Uh would have ruined it. I'm not saying he wouldn't have, but you should have ran with Sid then. Instead, you turned him heel. But And I'm sure Hogan had something to do with it. But Lawler was never going to give away the keys to the kingdom as long as he wanted to be the king. And I don't mean that figuratively. I mean, literally, he wanted to be the king of Memphis. Look how many times. You can't talk about Lawler Lawler, without talking about the Jarrett's. Uh You can't. But Lawler's still the guy. And I'll say this. Jarrett was not to be denied. He's still wrestling now. And he's on top. So he didn't need the fucking but, torch.
3: But he's never been called the king of Memphis, Jerry. Nah, but you,
2: do you think he cares? No, I'm, not, I'm just saying. He's for, the king. For, he's the Rocky king. He don't need Memphis. He got a whole other
3: country. In the I'm, I'm, I'm I'm just saying, like, Lawler got the torch from Jackie Fargo. And eventually you're supposed to give the torch to the next, you know, big thing. And, of course, with the, the connection have between. Shut up. <laughs> I'm. You know where I'm going with this. <laughs> It, 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 was, it would have been apropos with the six degrees of separation and working with Jerry Jarrett. That would have been, again, it's nepotism, whatever and you then, want to call it.
2: And then Jarrett
3: could have gave it to fucking Brian Christopher. Could have been. Tip could have, would ten. have, should have. Yeah, yeah, could have, would have, should have. And then, you know, maybe maybe Memphis Wrestling would be, I'm not going to say big, but at least still thriving. In today's wrestling, because you can still do Memphis wrestling with this hybrid style, with this spot monkey style and all that stuff. But anyway, neither here nor there. That's our little diatribe here. So, you know what? Let's do one more thing here. Again, your favorite tag team here. Close the show, TW. The Dirty White Boys, because, you know, TW always wanted to be a dirty white boy. But, you know, he had to be a Los Rudos. So, it's tit for tat. But anyway, the Dirty White Boys took on the Rocksteady crew. Now, there's a problem here, T.W., because the Rocksteady Crew is a breakdancing group from the Bronx. These two guys were not from the Bronx. I already know that. But it was King Cobra and Ira Reese, and they called themselves the Rocksteady Crew. They came out with the, you know, the uh, breakdancing music. They were the Black they, Rock
2: and Roll Express, man. They
3: were they were the Black Rock and Roll Express, but they didn't do no dancing or, or no nothing. So you know, shucking and
1: driving a, is what you call it.
3: Yes, they were. They what were the they, NWO doing on the phone. They man. were shucking. <laughs> no, the NWO was not on this episode. Uh, Reflection eyes, but anyway, <laughs> the Rocksteady crew again. TW again. I guess we have to always blur the lines of you know what's going on with the stereotypes and prejudice and all that stuff. Again, this might have been a Jerry Lawler kind of like. Booking this might have been the Jerry Law putting them together and giving them this name. What say you, TW? About this Rocksteady crew tag team? Now did they did they look naturally fit together? Did they look like they were just together because they're black? What say you, TW?
2: No, they look like they probably wanted that. They had matching gear, all that shit. It was it was you had to, trust me. Let me let look me look let, the let, let, the let, first let, match. No no no. Let me just say this
3: organically. Butch Butch Reed and Ron Simmons coming together for Doom. That felt right. That you know, again, you you they went to the highways and byways. They had a connection and all that stuff. Again, the Rocksteady crew, they they went to this the southern highways and byways. I get you there.
2: I would tell gotta, you this. Uh, mm-hmm. I would tell you this from my experience, right? We've already talked about this. There, there, there aren't that many black people in wrestling. Like I wrestled on the indies, and we'd have one or two black guys in our not because they didn't want to book them. Trust me, in Detroit, bring, come on down. They want more black dudes, right? But mm-hmm. there's just not that many trying to wrestle. So guys who do make it, I have so much more respect for them because they're in a you know, their chances there's not that many spots for them and there's also not that many guys. like if you're not good you're not getting you're not making it right but mm-hmm. I will tell you this thousand percent when two when there's a bunch of new guys, you know it doesn't matter if you're black doesn't matter if you're Mexican doesn't matter if you're white if you're two guys that look like you could be a team. They're putting you together. And default would be race, right? Oh. You got four dudes. One's Mexican, one's black, and two are white. Guess who the tag team's going to be? The two white dudes, right? So it doesn't matter. And another example of that would be WCW. We talked about them in a spotlight not too long ago. What was the tag team? Two Colt Scorpio and Marcus Bagwell. Why? Because they were young, came in at the same time, they had nothing for them, and they looked at them and went, these two guys are young. They, do, they look good. They can do agile moves. Fuck it. Let's make them a tag team. That's how that shit happens, right? Mm-hmm. But what I was saying is these guys have elaborate gear. No one paid for your gear in 1990. I can promise you that. They made right? it themselves. I, I can guarantee it. So that. at the very least, they were on board with it is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I thought the one dude was the guy that was supposed to be Snowman's bodyguard. He, he looked like Arthur Ashe, a little young kid. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> he was the smaller one of the tag team. Okay. He was he looked just like the guy he goes, let me get my bodyguards over here. Because he said he was gonna bike fight Eddie Marlin. You said Arthur Ashe. that's the skinny tennis player, right? That's what this dude was, and he called him his bodyguard. And I was like, What the fuck? Well, maybe, of, maybe, how's maybe the bodyguard he, the size of your leg. I, I,
3: he's probably like a nation of, of Islam security. So that they look small. That's yeah. what it is.
2: So when they came out, I thought they were his guys, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, how the fuck is he wrestling like? New Jack, and these guys are wrestling like Rock and Roll Express, so that confused me, but were mm-hmm. they really a breakdancing crew from New York, or was that just their gimmick?
3: No, the real Rocksteady crew is from New York, New York, okay. from the Bronx. So
2: it's like when WCW had the fucking Guardian Angels running around, Big Boss uh-huh. Man, and they, they weren't real Guardian Angels, but this is what I'm going to say. If you recall, I defended Brickhouse Brown coming to the ring with the boombox, and he had his hair uh-huh. hairdo, uh-huh. and I said... That's what dudes looked like in 1985. That was a oh, real yeah. representation. 1990, dudes weren't fucking holding boom boxes and breakdancing on the corner. So that is something I would assume was given to them. They they didn't aspire to be the two breakdancing Rock and Roll Express guys.
3: Yeah, that that's just what I'm... I'm just using that as an
2: example of the perils reflection. I, I want to know what they were. who the fuck made Coco Beware... The Birdman and why it stuck for thirty-five years. He must really like birds, because they say the best gimmicks are the ones based in reality. Like you well, up, up, turned up to ten.
3: Coco B came from
2: Bill Watts territory, mid-south territory. So they well, calling been... him the Birdman because he because he could fly, like he did top rope shit.
3: I think that was the initial uh, thing about him that he could fly and be agile and all that stuff. And then Vince McMahon, the ultimate racist said let me put a parrot
2: on you and then we're gonna really what's that got to do with race A parrot? i would make him a pirate and those are white dudes well you know got
3: i wish he had a he had a patch on his itw then he would have been the <laughs> birdman pirate mm-hmm. coco beware a, a black but, pirate would be some cool shit well you know, that would have been uh 25 years too early because you know jack sparrow you know didn't come out just yet
2: but anyway pierre, pierre lafitte
3: we learned a lot of stuff here, Reflection. We learned that uh, Dolly Parton is not part of the Memphis uh, Ugh, Mount Rushmore. 60,
2: it's six and a half hours from
3: Memphis. There you go. See, I was right. I knew I was right. I, and I it was, was wrong. Three, that it was, I thought it was in it's
2: Kentucky. three hours from freaking Nashville. How big is Tennessee, damn it? So I'll give, I'll give her the
3: Nashville uh, accolades, but not Memphis. Three Memphis, hours, though. But Memphis still belongs to J- Elvis Presley. Jared the King Lawler and John Moran right now. So I'm still right on that. See, that's why the professor is yeah. always right. Yeah. But anyway, let's put a bow on this total episode TW again. You know how Saturday wrestling is supposed to be. And we talked about this a couple of episodes ago with AEW's collision. Can anything here in 1990 be done in 2023? And you can give any example you want. May I'm, I know we can't do the racial thing. Maybe we can do the sexual thing. Maybe we can, you know, test the limits of the FCC. Can it be done for AEW Collision in in comparison to what was done in 1990 for this Memphis Studio Wrestling episode?
2: Uh, I would be absolutely stunned if AEW tried doing anything like that. <laughs> they are... They are the ones who aren't going to do anything that might get them in trouble, at least for five, ten years, because they're too new. The, their ass will get the fucking. Uh, what do you call? When they give Penn State the death penalty? Whatever they called it when they uh, mm-hmm. banned them for bowl games for thirty years or whatever. The ban um, for life, you could say. Yeah. So. Or black. AEW bowl. ain't, ain't going to do it. I promise you, and I'll tell you this. I even go you this far. You you see it but it would be a black indie promotion that does it like they're the ones who are going to do it and dare someone to have a problem with it because you know what they call indie federations back in the territory days right what outlaw shows and there's much shows there's still outlaw shows now because you have basically territories again but there's 80 guys running everyone's Mm -hmm. drawing 30 people and thinking they're a wrestling promoter when if they were smart they would get together and you know what i mean like do something together weed out the dudes that just are using daddy's money to do it that was not a tony Khan shot i mean there's real dudes doing that Um, yes there is that was a tony Khan shot no because i i made it the snowman was that was on purpose but at the end of the day (laughs) i think someone could do it on an indie level and they can do it well, like I said. There, it, it, if you do it right, and and the racists in the you end, know
3: why, you know why they could do it right because again they are not on television. They could probably do it right. on the YouTube they and, could do it on the Twitter. Not you media. would even
2: know you wouldn't want to do that because then you get the fucking hate speech and all that. The reason I say indies is because they're spot shows. More than likely, everything mm-hmm. happens in one night. You know, you might set up a return match, but you're everything's happening in one night. So. Mm-hmm. The night could start off with Lawler saying go steal a hubcap. It uh-huh. could end up with them both wrestling singles matches and each one interferes in the other ones, right? And then they're like, all right, fuck it. Now we wrestle at the end. You could do I just booked the show right there. And then they could wrestle each other in the end. And as long uh-huh. as the racist loses, and the 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 victim of it, whatever race, pick one. You could you could do the black eye healing on a white dude. You could do whatever angle you did, as long as the racist loses in the end it's it's done right you can't you can't do 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 taliban you can't do the taliban trust me i told you someone tried to book me and said hey man if you ever want to come back you'd be you'd make a mean middle eastern guy you'd get some strong heat over here in cold water michigan i said yeah i said a no thank you (laughs) b i don't want to get shot so because that's what would happen I'd be wrestling mm-hmm. in the middle of some nowhere town in frickin' the border of Ohio and Michigan, and some hillbilly would think I really was from the Middle East burning an American flag. And That's, phew, the, that's the heat that you can draw. That's what oh, it makes that you that uh, that's what makes wrestling the way it is. That's heat I don't want. Thank you very much. I told you about the one in Flint, Michigan. They wanted me to stand there while we burn an American flag on the 4th of July in a garbage can. I go, absolutely not. They're like, why? I go, we're outdoors. I go, a dude in the park with his kid could see us doing that and grab the gun off in the back of his truck and shoot us.
3: Message to bookers: Pay those people a lot of money for them to burn
1: the flags. But anyway, neither here nor there. <laughs> so with that being said, we close all this episodic episode. I had fun, you know, blurring the lines of reality, blurring the lines of prejudice, blurring the lines of stereotypical stuff. Blurring the lines of social justice reform because we here at the PWR podcast at the Hami Media Group at PowerBeam.com. We unite the colors together. We unite the trans together. We unite all the bio biochromes together. But with that neither here nor there.
3: So what we're we gonna do next week, Reflection Nights, you know what? It's been a while, TW. I think we gotta go back to the movies.
1: We gotta get our popcorn, we gotta get our soda, we gotta get the, the junior mints, we gotta get the candies here. But I'll give you the choice What wrestler would you want me to find Movie style That maybe you haven't seen That you just say let's just do it Or you just want me to
3: pick out the, the do
2: Well I just watched the movie it had three wrestlers in it Actually two Who? The Rock and John Cena
3: Oh you you talk about F,
1: uh, Fast and Furious X yeah. That's
3: X um, That's
1: a little bit too present
2: I know. Well, uh-huh. yeah. Even the first rock one was probably 2010. Uh-huh.
3: It sounds like you want me to try a rock
2: movie. I like the rock movies, man. Nah, not the rock. Someone, you know, like, remember we did the Learning the Ropes? That was fun. Um, uh-huh. Somebody who tried to do, like, a fucking Dolph Ziggler movie, man. Or even Kane. Shit. <laughs> I've never oh. seen a movie with either one in a minute. Kane? You want to do a Kane movie? There's He's one did, with Kane and
1: Dolph See together. No Evil. We can do See No Evil with Kane. Is, a is, WWE movie. Is Rock
2: in that? I mean, is... Uh, fuck.
1: Well, Dolphin it's, a horror,
2: it's a horror movie with Kane. Right, as, but I want to do the one with Dolph and Kane together.
3: Well, you know what? Reflection Night's... Right now, we might do Cena No Evil with Kane. But if I can find this movie with Kane and Dolph Ziggler together, then we'll try to do that. Is that all right with you, T.W.? Absolutely. There you go. So with that being said, we close on this episodic episode. So T.W., give out those socials so we can get
2: up, y'all. The PWC Network at podbean.com is where you can find the Pro Wrestling Coalition Network. Hameen Media Group at podbean.com and also at channelattitude.com for the Hameen Media Group. Our Twitter is at PW Reflection. Uh, Travis, we mentioned you, so we got to put you in the credits at Nuts and Volts PW. That's V O E L T Z PW. Nuts and Volts, his last name, PW. Of course, Big Ray can't do any of this without you. At Big Ray Hernandez on any and all social media apps. You will find him. Probably, probably on fanboy boards with that too. Um, my Instagram and Heel Tommy Wonder19. Heal Twitter is at Tommy Wonder 19 My good Snapchat. Good guy Tommy Wonder was slowly turning heel. And TikTok are at the Tommy Wonder. That's the with two E's for you, dummies. Facebook.com backslash Tommy Wonder. Snapchat is number wonder. And then of course, Big Vito and Noel can be found at big Patreon.com backslash the big veto brand. And then also Twitch TV, twitch.tv backslash the Big Veto brand is where you can watch the early release of the Reflection video.
3: And I found the movie with Kane and Dolph Ziggler. We are gonna do from 2016 Reflection Nights the movie called Countdown, starring Kane and Dolph Ziggler. So you know you're right, PW. That's the movie you want to see. So we are gonna do that Countdown. But anyway, my Twitter handle is PWSofPRF. That's Prof. And this gets uploaded by 8-Track Brown. This will be available on the PWSO YouTube networks. Follow my brothers in arms, the man with the documents, the man that
1: knows what's going on in the back rooms of the Biden-McCarthy uh, uh, organizations, you know, George Soros, his number one fan, Billy Ray Valentine at Obi-Wan You Know Me, and of course the king of the reactions. He should be back. Doing what he does best. He's back from a little long extended vacation. He needed a a mental break, you could say. But A Track Brown will be back with the Walking Dead reactions. Of course, Dead City. Of course, you know, in a couple of weeks, the Star Wars reaction is going to get, you know, underway with Ahsoka Tano's uh, episodes. So you can follow him at his Twitter at the number eight, T R A C Brown. And again, next week, we are going back to the movies Countdown from 2016, starring Dolph Ziggler and Kane. And with that being said, I'm the professor. That's Mr. Wonderful, Dum Dum doing Idiot Zone. Tommy want is saying good night, and we'll see you next time here at the PWR Podcast at the homie Media Group at PowerBeam
2: Sucker, Fucker or sucker, sucker. Oh, okay. I'm just making. It went with the episode, man. Hubcaps, sucker. Booker T. Oh Lord.
1: boing